Good morning. Welcome to our Facebook Live, First Presbyterian Church, Santa Ana. Good to have you with us this morning. A reminder, this is Family First Sunday, uh, the first Sunday of the month, and so we celebrate birthdays and anniversaries for July, as well as communion. So if you do not have the elements for communion, some bread and dark juice or wine, uh, please get those and have those ready for us. If you have a birthday or anniversary in this month, we invite you to write that down in the comments and we'll recognize that during the service in a few minutes. We finished our service last week with the charge given to the disciples by Jesus, what we call the Great Commission. And I wanted to start the service today with that charge. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything that Jesus commanded. And lo, Jesus is with us every place we go. Jesus is here now. Jesus is here in this sanctuary. Jesus is there where you are worshiping at this time in your place. We're going to start off by singing a great old hymn of the faith. We have a story to tell to the nations. I invite you to uh, stand if you're able to do so or just sing on your couch and let's sing this hymn together. We have a story to tell to the nations.
God, we are so grateful to be here at this time in these places. We miss being together in church, Lord. We want to share that with you. But we are grateful that you are with us no matter where we are. We open ourselves to your spirit, Lord God. We open our ears to hear what you would have to say to us. We open our eyes to see you where we are. We open our hearts to allow your spirit to infill us anew and afresh. Lord God, speak to us this day and hear us as we praise you and worship you wherever we are. May our sacrifices of praise be pleasing in your sight. O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, again, good morning. Welcome to First Presbyterian Church Facebook page. Uh, Glad to have you here. A couple of announcements before we continue our worship together. Uh, First of all, it's with great joy (laughs) that I announce the birth of Andrew William Hurd. He is the son of Anthony and Allison Hurd, the brother of Amelia and the grandson of Wayne Leem. And so the Herds uh, are excited to have that birth and that new life in their family. Andrew was born last Monday, June 29th at 12.18 in the morning. So uh, split the night there. Uh, he was six pounds, nine ounces, 19 and a half inches long. Everyone is healthy. Born at Hogue Hospital, I think in Newport Beach. So uh, excited for the Herd family and for our church family to have a new little life here. Uh, any other birthdays or anniversaries, please write that down in the comments so that we can share that. Also, please connect with us. We're having a good time. Small groups always on our Zoom meetings for uh, the midweek check-in. Um, you're certainly welcome to join us for that. Uh, just private message me and I'll let uh, I'll make sure you get the Zoom link. Our pastor's Bible study got a new Zoom link, so we uh, just published that this last Thursday. And if you'd like to join us Thursday at 10 o'clock, we actually have a pretty good-sized group from all over the United States joining us for that. So uh, try to do that on Thursdays. I do my morning coffee with Pastor Lance uh, six mornings a week. I don't do it on Sunday because I got other stuff going on. Uh, But uh, we do that. And um, I think that's about it. Please fill out the connection card that's on the website there. We would love to connect with you a little bit and let us know if there are ways that we can be praying for you Uh, during this time. Obviously, there's a lot going on in various people's lives. And so now let's announce and honor those who are having birthdays. I'm going to sneak off to the side here, make sure nothing new was added. So I don't see any except my father-in-law will mention that when we get to the right point. So prior to today, Emilio Gonzalez Jr. uh, celebrated his birthday on July 2nd. Betty Thompson, a child of America, uh, celebrated her birthday on July 4th. And then coming up, Giramina Cristobal on July 7th, Don Lee on July 8th, Mary Lee on July 17th, Ashley Rosales on July 14th, Barbara Martinez on July 22nd. Oh, I'm going to step back. My father-in-law, Claire Keeney, on July 21st. Uh, Luna Gonzalez on July 23rd. And David Stoffer also on July 23rd. Uh, Leo Tamtamo on July 24th. And Caitlin Kim on July 31st. I'm going to check one more time. And I understand, Andrea, you guys are celebrating an anniversary. July 8th. July 18th, and what number is that? 11. 11, okay, that's awesome. So I'm looking, and I'm not seeing any mark on that. Okay, so, uh, and if anybody does think of a birthday or uh, anniversary, if you come on and you want to add that to the list, go ahead and do that. 
We're going to continue our worship now by singing the praise song, Here I Am to Worship. By Tim Hughes. Uh, if you have this at home, hopefully you received this in your email yesterday. Um, join with us. Sing at home. Sing loud to our Lord. Light of the world, you step down into darkness. Open my eyes, let me see. Beauty that made this heart adore you. Hope of a life spent with you. So here I am to worship. Here I am to bow down. Here I am to say that you're my God. You're all together together worthy, all together wonderful to me. King of all days, oh so highly exalted, glorious in heaven
In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. In Him was life. And the life was the light of all people. The light shines in the darkness. And the darkness did not comprehend it. There was a man named John. He was, a, he was not the light, but he came to bear witness to the light, the true light, which enlightens the hearts of all people. The true light came to his own, but his own did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, he gave the right to become children of God. Not born of the flesh, nor of human will, but by the will of God. The word dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory. Glory as of the only begotten from the Father, full of grace and truth. So begins the gospel according to John. In those first verses, John describes Jesus as the word, the life, and the light. The light. <laughs> you probably saw a lot of light yesterday, last night, 4th of July, if you watched anything or just looked out your window in some neighborhoods there was quite a bit of light going on last night. But the idea, the concept of light and darkness permeates all of Scripture. It's one of the key themes of Scripture. And in fact, John spends a lot of time in his gospel focusing on this idea of light versus darkness. I mean, it goes all the way back to the beginning of our story. In the beginning, there was chaos and the first recorded words that God spoke, let there be light. Before there was a sun, before there was a moon, before there were stars, God created light. And this light is a symbol of all that is good. It's a symbol of life. In fact, many believe that the history of humankind is a permanent conflict between light and darkness, between goodness and evil, between truth and falsehood, between righteousness and wickedness, between wisdom and foolishness, between life and death. Light and darkness. Before Jesus' birth, Luke describes the story of Zacharias, the father of John the Baptist, and talks about how Zacharias met an angel in the Holy of Holies and was told that John would be born. John was that one who was bore witness to Jesus as the light. And after John's birth, Zacharias, the high priest, he had a kind of an epiphany, if you will, and he prophesied to the people. And part of his prophecy, he said this, the sunrise from on high shall visit us to shine upon those who sit in darkness and the shadow of death. We've been going through the Gospel of Luke in our pastor's Bible study, and John Griffin kind of caught this because sunrise in many Bibles is capitalized. The sunrise has uh, from on high shall visit us. And John, of course, now a former member of our church, now lives in Erie, Colorado, just north of Denver. 
And he says, you know, where we live, you look to the west and you see the Rocky Mountains. Beautiful. But if you look to the east, all you see is the flatlands of the Midwest. And he says, sometimes when I wake up and I look to the east, uh, and if it's before sunrise, it's dark out there. But every few minutes, a glow begins to take shape. And you begin to see things a little better. And the glow continues to grow and grow and grow. And then, as things are coming into focus, there's a little flash of lightning. Not lightning, but a flash, just that little sliver of sun over the horizon. The light has come. And as that light grows, so the brilliance grows. I love that description. So it's interesting, this morning when we started the service, I had planned on singing We've a Story to Tell to the Nations last week when we talked about the Great Commission and Jesus said, go and make disciples of all nations. I thought, wow, We've a Story to Tell to the Nations is a perfect hymn for that theme. But then when I looked at the chorus, I said, maybe that's a better hymn for this week. And the darkness shall turn to dawning, and the dawning to noonday bright, and Christ's great kingdom shall come to earth, the kingdom of love and what? Light. Light. Jesus embraced the idea of being the light of the world. In John chapter 8, he says, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. Whoever follows me shall have the light of life. See how light and life are connected again. Just like in the first chapter of John, the life was the light of humankind. You can't have one without the other. So the Gospel of John begins with Jesus as the light, coming into the world of darkness, and the forces of darkness could not comprehend it. I've always struggled with that verse 5 in chapter 1. The, the uh, forces of darkness could not comprehend it. That word comprehend, in the Greek that word is katalaben. katalaben. Uh, and what's interesting to me is usually translations kind of follow one or two different words when they're translating. But in this, it must be a very difficult word to translate because I looked at various translations and here's what they all kind of came up with. The darkness did not perceive it or apprehend it. The darkness did not overcome it or overtake it or overpower it. The darkness did not extinguish it. The darkness has never put it out. In other words, the darkness could not snuff the light out. I've talked about this before, uh, but here online I think I should tell this story again. If you've ever been, I think it's called spelunking, uh, where you go cave exploring. You don't actually do cave exploring, but sometimes you go on tours of caves and you go deep into caves and sometimes the tour guide will turn the lights off. It's pitch black inside of a cave. And, and the, uh, the tour guide will say, put your hand in front of your face. Can you see anything? And you think, no, I can't see anything. And then the tour guide will light a match or a lighter and boom, it illuminates the whole cave. One little light illuminates all. It drives the darkness away. Now, imagine standing on a mountain meadow, no trees around you, no clouds in the sky. It's noon. It's bright as can be. Can you light a match of darkness? The darkness could not overpower it. 
Darkness cannot comprehend it or apprehend it. Nothing can happen because light wins the battle against darkness every time. Plato loved this idea of the cave, right? You've heard of the allegory of the cave. Hundreds of years before Jesus walked this earth, Plato told the story of the cave. And in it, he described people chained to a wall. And their whole reality is what they saw on the wall in front of them. And there was a light behind them, and, and people would walk in front of that light. And the people could only see the shadows on the wall. And so for them, that was their reality. And then one of the people who was uh, chained to the wall broke away. Of course, that person was a philosopher because Plato was a philosopher. <laughs> so he was, he was saying the philosophers are understanding this. But this person broke away and he saw what the true reality was, that there was light here and there were people in front of it walking back and forth. And your reality is only what you see as reflections or shadows of what the true reality is. And so he, the philosopher came back to illuminate the people about what the true reality is. But here's the thing. When John tells the story of Jesus, he takes a different direction. Rather than a person leaving the area of darkness and going to the area of light and returning to explain it, the source of light has left its place in heaven to enter into the world of darkness. And the darkness could not comprehend it. The darkness could not overpower it. I like the one translation, the darkness has never put it out. This idea of the light descending into the earth, that's why we sang this praise song, Here I Am to Worship. Light of the world, you stepped down into darkness. Open my eyes, let me see. We see clearly in the light. So that's why Jesus, on the Sermon on the Mount, he turns the role of being the light over to his disciples. Listen to what he says to his disciples. You are the light of the world. A city built on a hill cannot be hid. No one, after lighting a lamp, puts it under a bushel basket, but on the lampstand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. Prior to this, Jesus had said, I am the light of the world. Here, he says, you are the light of the world. You. He shifts the focus from himself to his followers. In effect, he passes the torch, <laughs> pun intended, and says, let your light so shine before others that they see your good works and glorify your Father in, in heaven. So how do we shine our light? Well, according to this passage, our good works shine our light. The Apostle Paul talks about being lights as well. In Philippians chapter 2, Paul writes this. Therefore, my beloved, just as you have always obeyed me, now not only in my presence, but much more now in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who is at work in you, enabling you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. Do all things without murmuring or arguing, so that you may be blameless and innocent, children of God, without blemish, in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation, in which you shine like lights in the world. <laughs> I loved, uh, a few years ago I worked at a church and we had done a study, and we spent a lot of money to put new pews in, I'm sorry, new Bibles in our pews. And we did a great 
length of study to figure out which Bible was most uh, accessible to people today. And after a great amount of study, we had chosen the New International Version. And, and literally months after we had filled our pews with these new Bibles, we had a guest speaker, and the guest speaker was preaching on Philippians and on this passage. And he came to this passage, and the scripture that uh, he read there said, uh, So that you may be blameless and innocent children of God without blemish in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation in which you, you shine like stars in the heavens. And the guest speaker said, stars in the heavens? Well, that's a, that's a terrible translation. <laughs> and I remember the senior pastor <laughs> doing a little double take and, and uh, boy was he upset with the people that advised him to get the New International Version because uh, what this guest speaker said is it sounds like Paul is saying you shine like stars way out in heaven and you're not in the world but the passage here says that you are you are lights, false uh, uh, I like the translation luminaries you are luminaries in the world, in the cosmos. You are actually lights shining in the presence of the people of this world, not shining like stars up in the heavens, detached from anybody. You are in the midst of everyone. Luminaries illuminate. So, suffice it to say, those New International Version Bibles didn't last long in our pews at that church. Now remember the beginning of the Gospel of John. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. That is that same word, the cosmos. In fact, that's the same word that's used in John 3.16, that verse we love so much. For God so loved the world, the cosmos, that he sent his one and only Son so that whoever believes in him would not perish but have eternal life. God sent Jesus into the world, into the cosmos, to shine his light there. Jesus was the light of the world. He said, I am the light of the cosmos. And he has passed that flame to us. Now note, the Philippians passage that I just read is right on the heels of that great hymn of the faith that Paul quotes, let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not regard equality with God as something to be exploited, but emptied himself, taking the form of a slave. Being born in human likeness, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death on a cross. So the mind of Christ, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, the mind of loving sacrifice and servant humility. Now Paul describes the world as a crooked and perverse generation. Well, thank God we're not like that anymore. Our world has gone a little crazy, has it not? Our world has become a dark place. We like to fancy ourselves as children of the Enlightenment, but I'm not so sure how enlightened we are anymore. We have descended into darkness once again. We need to open ourselves up to the light of Jesus in ourselves and to present that light to the world, to drive out the darkness surrounding us. We need to take that light and shine it in the dark places, in our own lives and in the lives of those we love. You know, years ago, First Presbyterian Church of Santa Ana talked about leaving the downtown area. Most of the churches in our neighborhood were leaving. There was many, many churches in this 
uh, in a walking distance around our church. But a few people talked about this and said, gosh, if all the churches leave downtown Santa Ana, where will the presence of Christ be in downtown Santa Ana? Where will the light of Christ be in downtown Santa Ana? So the people of this church voted to stay here in downtown Santa Ana, to be a beacon of light to this place. This is the center of Orange County. It's the county seat. It's the source of political power here in our county. And we want it to be a beacon of light. Now today we're not meeting in the building. There's just a few of us here today. We've moved beyond these walls. And God's word is challenging us today to become beacons of light wherever we go. We're not meant to huddle together and be beacons of light, shining light on each other. We're meant to be beacons of light in the world, in the cosmos. We have a fun tradition here at First Presbyterian Church on, on Christmas Eve, after the sermon and most of the service is done, we have a, an Advent candle up here. And we've lit the four previous candles for Advent. And then after the sermon and at the close of the service, we light the center candle, which is the white candle, which is the Christ candle. And then we sing Silent Night together. And as we sing Silent Night, the pastor will take a white candle and go and light that candle on from the Christ candle. And then walk down and light the candles that everyone in our congregation is holding in the front row and then they turn around and light the candles behind them and by the end of silent night the entire sanctuary is illuminated with the lights of those candles and the lights are turned off all the electric lights are turned off and there's a glow in this congregation it's a beautiful moment but we want to be sure that we don't just stay here, that we take that light into the world beyond these walls. So think about where you are right now. Think about the people around you, the people that you come in contact with. How can you be a source of light and life to them? You can let them know how important they are. You can let them know how much God loves them. But that's not just a one-time thing. It needs to happen over and over again. Plants need physical light in order to live. People need spiritual light in order to live. But we have to be consistent. Plants need light, but they need it more than just twice a month or once a month. They need a constant, consistent source of light. And as we seek to shine our light to others, remember that we have to be connected to the source of light, Jesus Christ. Your light won't shine if you're not plugged in. You have to be plugged in to the source. Sisters and brothers, to all who receive Jesus, he gave the right to become children of God, children of the light. And as Jesus is the light, he commissioned us to be the light as well. Not to hide the light under a bushel basket or behind the walls of a church, but to shine the light in the world beyond these walls. So let your light shine bright so that people will see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Let your light shine brightly. In response to God's word to us, we're going to sing the praise song mighty to save and I invite you to join with us if you have the words at home mighty to save 
Everyone needs compassion, love that's never failing. Let mercy fall on me. Everyone needs forgiveness, the kindness of a savior, the hope of nations. As I mentioned earlier, today is the first Sunday of the month and we celebrate the Lord's Supper on this day. And so, if you're at home, just a couple of comments. Jesus Christ invites you to this table. Jesus Christ invites you to communion with him and with all of us, wherever we might be. You don't need to be a member of First Presbyterian Church. You do need to have accepted Jesus Christ into your heart and confessed Jesus Christ as Lord. You should be baptized in order to receive communion because baptism is a symbol of entering into the family of God and this is a meal for the family. So we want to encourage you, if you have accepted Jesus Christ, confess him as Lord and Savior then you are welcome to partake of this, even if you're not a member of our church, you're a member of his. Let us pray. Loving and most holy God, we enter into your presence. No matter where we are, we know that you are there. We thank you for this reminder of 
the battle between light and darkness, between good and evil. We thank you for the reminder that at the beginning of time, here on earth, you spoke those words, let there be light. Lord God, your light has shined on humankind throughout history. We have seen evidence of your hand both in creation and the words that the prophets have said. We recognize that you long to be with us, and even though we rebelled against you, even though we thought our understanding and our intelligence was greater than yours, you have continued to love us and call us to repentance. So, Lord God, we ask for your forgiveness for the things in our lives that we recognize are keeping us separated from you. We take a moment of silence to confess those sins to you now. Lord, we thank you for your love and that reminder that nothing can separate us from that love. And Lord, we thank you that in your timing, you sent your son, Jesus Christ, into the world to be a light in the world. And those who lived in darkness did everything they could to extinguish that light, even nailing him to a cross and putting him to death. But we thank you, Lord, that by the power of your Holy Spirit, he was resurrected on the third day and broke the chains of sin and death for all time and for all who believe in him. And so, Lord God, we give great offering of thanks to you for that. We pray that you would enter into our lives anew and afresh. Fill us again. This communion is a reminder of your spirit entering into our bodies, entering into our hearts again. Renew us, revitalize us, refresh us, Lord, as we take these elements. We pray this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. So while you are watching at home, I ask that you take some bread and break it. And remember that this is Christ's body broken for you. And in the same way, Jesus took a cup and said, this cup represents the new covenant in my blood shed for the sins of many. Do this in remembrance of time you eat of the bread and drink of the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes again. So you may partake of communion at this time.
Lord Jesus, we do want to walk as children of light. Teach us what that looks like. Help us to know exactly how to do that. Hear us now as we pray the prayer that you taught your disciples, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Well, we're going to finish up by singing the hymn of the faith, hymn number 425 in our Presbyterian hymnals. If you have that at home, uh, or I sent those out yesterday by email. Lord of light, your name outshining. Let's sing this together.
the camera split on me there and jumped back to the uh, reverse camera. That was funny. Uh, let the charge of the morning be the words of our Lord Jesus Christ. You are the light of the world. Let your light shine before all people in such a way that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. And now, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and give you peace, shalom, wholeness, fullness of life, both now and forevermore. Amen.